Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine enthusiasts who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, Michelle introduces you to a prominent woman and takes a peek inside her life. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I'm talking with Amy Marks-Dornbush, who is the proprietor and president of Gemstone Vineyard in the Napa Valley. She is also general partner of Willow Tree Venture Fund. She also serves on several boards and chairs a few organizations, including the V Foundation, Wine Celebration, and Napa. Amy, I am so glad we are finally able to sync our schedules. You are one busy woman. Well, thank you so much for having me. The feeling is mutual. Well, this will be a great show because you really are quite accomplished and very um, diverse. So I can't wait to let our listeners hear your story. Before we dive into everything that you're doing right now, and it's a lot, (laughs) can you tell me what one of your first professional full-time jobs was? Sure. So I went to college on the East Coast in Washington, D.C., and I had a friend who was a pretty good friend of mine from from senior year, and I thought I was going to stay in D.C. and actually go into politics at one point. Um, But I didn't have a job out of college, and, you know, my friend asked me, do you want to come with me to New York? Um, I'm going to move to New York next week and I've got a plane, I've got a, a train ticket and I didn't have anything else going on. So I said, absolutely. So we just, off we went, I went to New York. My, my first job was actually working in a clothing store and, you know, I'm 21 years old. I was sort of bright eyed and I was loving living in the city. Um, it was a, a temporary job until I had found, uh, my, my, you know, professional way. And it was really quite interesting. It was an upscale boutique on the Upper East Side that mostly catered to teenage girls. And they would come into the store and they'd have their credit cards on file and drop several thousand dollars. And after the store closed, I would take their bags up to their their palatious estate homes on the Upper West Side. And it was just quite an eye-opening experience to how some people lived in New York. Um, it was a fairly short-lived uh, position, but um, but it was it was pretty interesting, nonetheless. <laughs> Eye-opening for sure. So, what took you back to California? Because you are a longtime Northern California resident. I am. So, I started a business in New York. Um, this was actually, I started a business during the financial crisis in 2007. I decided that I wanted to follow my first dream, which was to go into the food business. And I think for anyone who's lived in New York for 10 years, like I did, it, at some point, it, it's a rite of passage for every New Yorker to want to open a restaurant. The food business is just such an integral part to the cultural fabric of New York. And it's something that I wanted to do. I built a catering business that featured, we had a a banquet hall. So we did a lot of weddings and large scale events. And I also had a prepared foods marketplace in Brooklyn. And I was doing that for several years. And and there's sort of two reasons why I moved back. And the the one, and my husband, if he's listening to this, will 
I should definitely say this is the number one priority for why I moved back to California was really because of him. We met on a blind date that our friend had set up for us in New York. And he was living in California at the time. He's also a Bay Area native. And we fell in love very quickly. And he said, you know, I want to be with you and spend the rest of my life with you, but I'm not going to raise kids in New York. So move back to California with me. So that's that's really the number one reason. I sold the, the catering business and moved back. But in the the backdrop of that is that we is that my family had acquired a vineyard, Gemstone, in 2000, around the same time, uh, 2007, around the same time that I started my catering business. And so as I was building the food business in New York, I was also traveling to wine auctions and various events uh, to contribute to the wine business. And that was something that I had also developed an intense passion and interest for. Um, this family, this family business that we had. So it was a great opportunity for me to come back and pursue love and, and come back to where my family was living and also to forge ahead in my career in both food and wine, really latching on to the wine business. And, and that was sort of the beginning of my time in Napa. Before we talk about Gemstone, I do want to talk about some of the other ventures that you are involved in. We will certainly give Gemstone a lot of love because it is a true gem in the Napa <laughs> Valley. You really do have this entrepreneurial spirit. And I have to ask, where does it come from? And how have you selected the companies that you support? I come from a very entrepreneurial family. So everyone in my family has engaged in different business ventures over the years. My My father is for sure my number one mentor and supporter and my my brother and I and my dad and other members of our family have been fortunate enough to pursue things that we're passionate about and get experience, you know, being involved with different kinds of businesses, with different kinds of industries, finding ways to intersect those passions and interests and, and business skills. And ultimately, I think we're really a family of operators. So, you know, my, my first job, my first real job after working in that clothing store was, was a consulting firm. And I was in project and program management there for fortune 500 clients. And so I developed a real acumen for project management and an operational skill set, And that really allows you to run and be engaged with any type of company. I mean, it's a, it's a really strong backbone for a business foundation and so, you know, with, with that, I'm able to follow my interests into different things. When I launched the, uh, the food marketplace in Brooklyn, I started, this was really during a, a burgeoning or an emerging moment in time for the cottage food industry and sort of innovations around food products. There was just a huge explosion of all of these sort of artisanal food producers um, that were coming out of Brooklyn at the time. And I was stocking a lot of these products in my store. So I had the opportunity to learn about lots of different food products and meet with entrepreneurs that were building all of these businesses. And I started just investing a little bit of money in some of these food product companies that I was really excited about. And so 
when I moved back to California, I started to get a little more involved with the investing side of our family office. And I decided to start a, a venture fund where I could continue to invest in different companies, mostly in consumer companies. And so uh, that's something that, that I do in addition to running the, the winery and some of the philanthropic pursuits that I have going on as well. And it's allowed me to learn a lot about different kinds of businesses. I, I also have other alcohol businesses as well. Um, and so it's, it's been, it's been a fun ride. It's been really interesting. I've met a lot of incredible entrepreneurs, learned a lot about investing and, um, I've had some exits and it's been, it's been a good ride so far. Right. And you're referring to the Willow Tree Venture Fund, correct? I am. Yes. Well, let's segue on to Gemstone. Can I make a, a plug for one of my other companies? Because it's really interesting and relevant to sure. Gemstone. So I, I think, you know, one of the one of the questions I thought you would be asking me, because most people do when you run a business in alcohol is what what do you like to, to drink when you're not drinking your own product? The, the answer is I'm a real sucker for margaritas. So ah. I just love, I just love my tequila and I have a, I have an investment in a company called Codigo. And this is a great story. This is a, a very old, many generation, multi-generational family that was making this incredible tequila brand down in Mexico. Actually, it wasn't even a brand. It was a family recipe. And there is a community down in Mexico where my family spends some time. We have a lot of friends down there. And we all became turned on to this tequila that was being shared by this Mexican family. And a bunch of us decided to invest in really building a brand and bringing it to the U.S. And, and that's, that's the Codigo brand. And they have this great product. It's a pink tequila, and it's called Rosa. And what makes it pink is that it is aged, it's Blanco tequila that's aged in used Cabernet barrels that they purchased from yours truly. In fact, ah. we just, we don't even sell them. We, we just give them the barrels, but they're, it's aged in gemstone barrels. Super cool. Well, everybody needs to keep a lookout for that. <laughs> Summer's coming. <laughs> it's coming soon. Now segueing on to Gemstone. Your parents bought the business or bought the vineyard. Uh, you decided you didn't have enough on your plate and you wanted to <laughs> run a winery. <laughs> is that uh, it? I thrive. It, it is. I thrive on being busy. I didn't have kids at the time. I moved back to California, so I was able to just to continue to pile things on. But, you know, it's, it's you know, that old saying that if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And right. that's the wine business. I mean, there, there's so much to love about the wine business. I think one, one of the things that I became immediately turned on to when I came back to California is that in a lot of ways, the wine community and Napa in general is the antithesis of the food business that I was in in New York over all those years, which is, it's something, it's something that's really meant to be savored and enjoyed and shared with friends and family, both food and wine. But the business of food 
in New York is very cutthroat. It's a hard business to make it work and it's extremely competitive. Right. Um, I moved to California and started to get involved with the wine business and it was just the complete opposite. I mean, it was this idea that, you know, a rising tide will raise all ships and community oriented, philanthropy oriented, you know, non-competitive, but collaborative in nature. So it was just a, a, a welcome change in my life. And I, I just can't see us ever not being involved. Yeah, it is one of a kind for sure. It's uh, extra special because of that. So you have Gemstone, which is a small boutique winery. Um, uh-huh. You primarily have Bordeaux varietals, and your property is nestled on the hillside near Yountville. So we're right in the heart of Napa Valley. We're, we are on the Yountville, on the Silverado Trail, right just north of the Yountville Crossroad. So we've got 17 acres there. It is really a a gem, if you will. That sounds so cheesy, but it, it is. It's a small property. We have 17 acres and about just roughly 16 acres of that are planted in Bordeaux varietals, mostly Cabernet. But it's an incredibly diverse vineyard for the size of it. So what we do with the farming is we have a, a diverse patchwork of 20 different micro blocks, which we farm and vinify individually. And we have 13 different clones of Cabernet alone. And so what this is what's really special about our wine and about our estate. And our wines have always been from the estate. Because we have such diversity on our little plot of land over there, we're able to craft three different Cabernets that are completely distinctive from one another. And for, for the size of our production, that's just really unique and that's really a hallmark to our story. It's one of the things that we really loved and fell in, fell in love with about the vineyard when we found it. So if someone wants to come visit, can they? Nope. We just have a house, a little vineyard house on the property, and I'd love to entertain my friends. So become become my friend, and I'm happy to come and share my, my wines with you. <laughs> we... we uh, we actually have a, there's a winery called Mending Wall Winery, which oh, right. is where we produce our wines and we do host tastings there. What is your favorite wine in your portfolio? I would be amiss if I didn't say it was our Ruby Cabernet. Um, I so... would be shocked <laughs> if you didn't say that. <laughs> we, uh, my, my, my other two kids are going to, I'm going to have to figure something out for them, but our first our first child uh, was a, a is a girl. We named her Ruby, and coincidentally, I actually had picked this name out long before we got into the wine business. And I was in uh, the food business. I had a client who had a daughter named Ruby, and I just fell in love with the name. This was before I even met my husband. So when we knew we were having a girl, the the name was it was non negotiable. It was going to be Ruby. Um, it, it also just happens to lend itself really well to the gemstone brand. And we started working with our winemaker, Thomas Rivers Brown in 2015. And we made some changes to the wine lineup that we had. We, we used to produce one estate Cabernet and then a Bordeaux style blend. 
And we decided when we started working with Thomas that our estate, because of how diverse the, the farming is and all of these really unique and sort of heritage clones that we have, we would be able to craft some Cabernets that have very distinctive characteristics from mm -hmm. one another. And so we decided to focus solely on Cabernets and we would develop two, uh, three of them with Thomas. But you also have a Chardonnay. We do. We do have a Chardonnay. It's not a focus. It's not a focus, but we do make a small production of Chardonnay. It's sort of an homage to to the past, mm -hmm. where when our vineyard was planted in the early days of Gemstone, this was in the early 90s, um, this whole part of Yauntville was mostly planted to Chardonnay. That was kind of before the Cabernet's king philosophy came came into play so the the founders of gemstone decided to keep a couple of rows of chardonnay just as an homage to the past so mm -hmm. we do make a, a little bit of it but getting back to the the ruby so what we decided to do with thomas is we have these three wines our heritage selection alluvial selection and the ruby barrel selection which is an incredibly special wine we wanted to do this in honor of our daughter where we go through the entire vinification and blending process for the other two Cabernets. And then we basically go through each barrel and we taste through all of them. It's a long day and it is really fun. <laughs> and we, we pull down just four barrels that we select with Thomas and, and that goes into the Ruby barrel selection. It's a very special wine, very small production too, just a hundred cases. Yeah. I'm curious what your total production is. It's roughly 1,500 cases to 2,000 cases. Okay, so you really need to become part of your allocation program to get a bottle or two. <laughs> that's correct. We, yeah, that's that's correct. It, it, in the Ruby, the Ruby's case, it's packaged in, in, in three, three packs, packs, right? You get three of those. Uh, but we do primarily sell to our allocation. We've been really lucky to have had a, a very long and loyal customer base over the years. Amy, what drives you? What keeps you going? You've got so much on your plate. <laughs> uh, and you got three kiddos too. So uh, how, how do you yeah. keep going? What is it? What's you the know, secret? I, I just love people. I love business. I love learning about people's stories. I love entertaining. I like being around people and new ideas. And I, I love finding ways to intersect the different areas of my life, um, which just, it keeps things interesting all the time. I'm always meeting new people and coming up with ideas for businesses and, and, you know, giving back, helping people, making new friends. It's just, it's, it's fun. I, I, I really enjoy my life. That's good. That's important. Best advice you've ever received or just advice that you would give another entrepreneur? I had a family, a very good family friend who passed away several years ago at, at too early of an age. He was in his early 20s. They, his parents were going through his, you know, his room, his belongings um, before the memorial service, looking for ideas of things to, to say, you know, and they had found some post-it notes that he put above his desk. And there were three post-it notes and all they said were show up try and be kind mm. and the words just have reverberated for me for so many years and it's 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 very simple but i can't think of any other words to live by 
I think those are some good ones for sure. Top moment of your career so far? Hopefully, we're all progressing and moving forward. So I, I would hope for everyone that their top moment is something that happened very recently. And in my case, this was a pretty important year in my life. Our family had gone through a pretty difficult last year. My mother was diagnosed with stage four cancer. Uh, she is now cancer-free, I'm happy to report, but it was a very difficult time for our family. I mentioned, I think earlier in the call, that uh, there are many philanthropic pursuits that our family is involved with, and the V Foundation for Cancer Research is one of them. It's a very important cause to our family for a variety of reasons. I've been on the board for seven years now, and um, it, it's just, you know, an incredible organization. And earlier this year, following my mother's cancer diagnosis, I was asked by the founder of the V Foundation Wine Celebration, which is our annual fundraiser for the V. to right, in Napa. Mm -hmm. uh, in Napa. It's the first weekend of August. I was asked to, uh, to, to replace her role as chair of the wine auction, which was just an incredible honor, but also just a, it was very fitting time for me. It's an important cause to my family, but it's also just a, it's a perfect opportunity for me to intersect all the areas of my life, whether it's the wine business, the wine community, philanthropy, cancer, you know, part, partners and, and bringing companies and, and corporate involvement into raising money for cancer research. It's, it's really just, it's the perfect role for me. And it's just, I, I prefer for the most important thing for me to be doing, to be something that is helping people and giving back. And we are going to find an end. We are going to find an end to cancer in our lifetime. That's a, a big order. I hope so. I hope so. Learn more about the women who live in wine country when you purchase one of our lifestyle books at winecountrywomen.com. Well, let's move on to your personal life. You've, you've kind of provided me the perfect segue to that. If we took a step inside your home, what would we see? What's your decorating style? Well, we are very contemporary. We have a very contemporary home, so it's a lot of white walls. We, we're, we collect art, so we have a lot of contemporary art all over and decided to put these white gallery walls all over our house, which is a hilarious choice for somebody that has three kids that are five and under. I'm literally just following my kids around with a magic eraser trying to get all their handprints <laughs> off the walls. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty, you know, clean and uh, just there, there really is uh, quite a focus on art. It's something that we really enjoy looking at and collecting and learning about artists. Some of your favorite artists that uh, you showcase? Oh, I have one favorite, which is an easy one. It's an it's a Spanish artist by the name of Salustiano. And he paints these girls in this the, the most brilliant color of red paint. It, it's haunting to look at them. They're, they're photorealist uh, portraits. Um, but he uses this red paint that comes from a beetle in Mexico. And if you read about the story of this paint, there were wars fought over this paint. And he brought this 
style of paint back from the Spanish Inquisition and, and uses it. And they're just incredible, incredible, incredible paintings. Um, so that that's an easy one. That was one of my first pieces, actually. And I saw it in a gallery more than 20 years ago. Wow. Uh, could, couldn't afford it. But I, I just sat there on the floor and stared at this painting for for hours. And all these years later, the, the gallerist remembered me and he had come across the painting again and asked me if, if this was a good time in my life to, to acquire it. And it was, and it, it was just amazing. So I joke with my husband of, I mean, we shouldn't be joking about wildfires, but you know, we talk, we live up in, in the hills and at the end of a very long road and it's a very fire hazard, hazardous area. And we joke about what we would put in the car if we had to leave suddenly. That, that Feliciana painting is going right back there in between my kids and my dog. <laughs> Well, it holds special meaning for sure. <laughs> I could see why why you'd make sure you you took it with you. When you kick back and relax, what kind of music do you like to listen to? Oh, I like country music. I don't really know where I got that from, but I do like country music. I love classical music as well. Hmm. In fact, I've played classical piano since I was young and we classical music has there's lots of different ways in which that's important to me um but i did have a my late uncle was a classical pianist and toured the world in fact my my birth was announced he announced my birth during the intermission of a concert i believe he was playing in carnegie hall um and uh it was just uh incredible but classical music is very important to my family so that's 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 something I really enjoy listening to as well can you still play today I can I you know there are a lot of things that I have time for and that unfortunately is one of the things that kind of falls towards the bottom of of the list unfortunately these days but from time to time I do I almost have to chuckle to ask this question but uh, I'm gonna ask it nevertheless uh do you have a a hobby. Do you collect something other than art um, that you can tell us about? Cookbooks. Um, I love cookbooks. Really? I read cookbooks. I, I read cookbooks like people read novels. Huh. So before I had kids, Sunday morning would come around and my husband would find me down in the kitchen just with a big stack of beautiful cookbooks in front of me, just kind of going through them cover to cover. When I first moved to New York, I lived in the Upper East Side, and there was a vintage cookbook store right down the street from my first apartment. And I would just go in there and pull out cookbooks from, you know, 100 years ago and, and, and you know, retro cookbooks from the 50s and 60s and 70s. And so I love contemporary cookbooks, but I also have some, some really old ones as well. They're just, they're fun to peruse. Super cool. Yeah. What's one of your prized cookbooks this would probably be the paper spiral bound parent teacher association cookbook from my grandmother which is hilarious to go through because you know I come from the midwest most of my both sides of my family come from the midwest my mom grew up in the southeast corner of Iowa and they had a soybean and corn farm and this is a place where if it says the word salad, it either has gelatin or mayonnaise in it or both. <laughs> <laughs> and so 
you know, and, and lard, right? So a lot of these recipes, you never, we're never going to make them, but it's just a, it's just a riot going through these pages. And it also reminds me of my grandmother. Of course. I, I actually got, have all of her cookbooks and my cookbook library. That's wonderful. Yeah. It'll be great to pass on to your daughters. Oh, it sure will be. And it, everything, you know, is all typed out on a typewriter and it's just, um, it's fun. Yeah. Really. Oh, it's it's cool. a, it's a wonderful cultural artifact. Absolutely. Um, is there something people might be surprised to learn about you? Do you skydive? Do you rappel? Have you taken some unusual trip? Well, since you mentioned skydiving and rappelling, I don't do either of those. I have rappelled once or twice before, never skydive. But I do have a penchant for extreme alpine skiing, and I love heli skiing. It is one of my absolute favorite and thrilling things to do. What was the last time you did that and where? I, the last one we did was, well, I just had a, a baby three months ago. So it was, it was, it would have been a little over a year ago. We were in Wyoming, just west of Jackson Hole. We flew into, there's a little community. Well, it's really just a, it's a hotel that mostly services summer vacationers, but it's all the way out there in the Tetons and they just have uh, endless, endless amounts of vertical and fresh powder. And they just keep it open a few rooms during the winter for heli skiing. It's really incredible. And my husband and my brother-in-law and my father just flew in for two days and did nothing but jump out of helicopters. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's super cool and quite surprising. (laughs) So, and I'm glad you survive. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you. Other than your own wine, what are you drinking at home? Are you primarily a wine girl or have you converted to tequila? (laughs) Well, can I say both? You know, we... We do enjoy drinking wine, of course. I mean, I think, you know, getting back to what I was saying before about how I, I just, you know, some some people in, in businesses and, you know, the larger companies will feel this more than the smaller family-run estates like us, but I don't feel that degree of competition in the wine business. And the reason why is because there's just, there's myriad wines out there to, to try and no one's going to drink the same wine every single night. I mean, I guess some people will, but it, it's part of the explorative nature of wine where, you know, you get to travel the world and you get to hear stories and, and learn about new cultures and meet new people. And you, we do that through wine. So I think, you know, exploring and drinking new wines all the time is, is something that we enjoy doing, but, um, but I also love my tequila. I love my margaritas. <laughs> I love having margaritas with my mom. There you go. There you go. Well, Amy, we're going to wrap things up with five quick questions. They're very lighthearted. You ready? Okay, let's do it. Okay, best word to describe you? Oh, that was too long of a pause. Um, (laughs) I needed to be prepared for that. I was going to say busy because that's definitely how people describe me. I don't know if that's a a good word or a bad word, but... (laughs) It's okay. It's a a word. (laughs) What kind of car do you drive? I drive a Porsche Cayenne. Okay. What's your favorite flower? 
Dahlia's. Okay. What's one of your favorite movies? Shawshank Redemption. Okay. And last question. What is one of your favorite songs to dance to? Oh, my goodness. Well, I guess I would say anything by, by Dua Lipa. She's just really fun. Okay. That's there. the first thing that comes to mind. There you have it. Amy, it has been so much fun catching up with you today. Well, thank you so much. This was really fun. I look forward to doing it again. Visit WineCountryWomen.com to join our exclusive list so you can be the first to learn about upcoming offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new edition of Wine Country Women.